You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. An Iranian brute forcing tool called Jason has been leaked. A third party breach affects customer and patient data held by Quest Diagnostics. Eurofins Scientific is recovering from a ransomware attack. A look at Baltimore City's ransomware infestation shows no signs of eternal blue, security firm Armor says. And the prospect of antitrust investigations drives down big tech stock prices, tipping the Nasdaq into a correction. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, June 6, 2019. You will recall, perhaps, Lab Duktekan, an individual or group that presents itself as connected to Iranian cyber operators. That connection is as a dissident, evidently, because Lab Duktekan has specialized in leaking what it says are Tehran's hacking kit. And in another apparent leak this week, Jason, software designed to hijack Microsoft Exchange email accounts, has been dumped online. Minerva Labs has taken a look at Jason, and its conclusion is that the tool is a straightforward, brute-forcing appliance designed to derive and check passwords for exchange accounts. Jason is associated with Oil Rig, also known as APT34 or Helix Kitten, generally attributed to Iran's Ministry of Intelligence and Security, Lab Duktegan, began releasing Iranian attack tools in March. By bleeping computers count, to date, the Iranian tools that have been leaked online include two PowerShell-based backdoors, those would be known as Poison Frog and Glimpse, which security firm Palo Alto Networks calls versions of Bond Updater, four different web shells, Hypershell and Highshell, Foxpanel and WebMask, this last one a DN espionage tool Cisco Talos analyzed, And now, Jason. There's been a major data breach affecting a U.S. healthcare firm. In this case, it's a third-party problem. In an 8K filed this week with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the large medical testing firm Quest Diagnostics disclosed that American Medical Collection Agency, AMCA, a third-party collection services firm, noted Quest that AMCA had detected unauthorized activity in its network. The breach is a large one. As reported by TechCrunch and others, the breach appears to have affected nearly 12 million people. The unauthorized user took personal data, medical information, and credit card numbers from AMCA, which believes the intruder was active between August 1st of last year until this past Friday. AMCA said it was notified of the possibility of a breach by a credit card company and upon investigation concluded that someone had indeed been in its network. As more of the things we do in our day-to-day lives shift online, from shopping to social media, and even things like visits with our doctors and other medical professionals, the organizations that handle those services need to manage that demand and the security implications that may come with it. Jordan Blake is from authentication company Behaviosec, and he advocates organizations creating a position of digital transition architect to help manage the ongoing evolution. I think the idea is that companies are already undergoing digital transformations. These are companies who've been around for a long time and they've been focused on, you know, whatever it is they do. Uh, Retailers, banks, companies who bottle beverages, you name it. 
everyone is recognizing that to be successful and to compete in 2019 and beyond, they need to be transforming digital. And what that means is they need to be focused on bringing digital experiences to their business to better deliver a good customer experience, utilizing technologies like big data, analytics, mobile technology. How does this play out in the real world? Are we talking about enhancing an, an online experience with people's interaction with the company or does it extend beyond that? It extends beyond that. Those are some of the most obvious ways that companies want to transform. So, you know, if you're a grocer, for example, it's not enough just to put food on the shelf anymore, but you have to look at the expectations of your consumers. So, um, you know, there are digital experiences, mobile first experiences uh, that, that are expected uh, for consumers, but it goes beyond that. You would look at your supply chain and and how you're ordering and how you're making decisions about what should be ordered and how the products get to you and, and how those products get to the consumer. This notion of having a digital transformation architect, describe to me what you're getting at with that. The digital transformation architect makes sure that you know, the overarching transformation strategy and execution of it is not tripped up by unexpected security, compliance, and, and other risk factors. The idea is that uh, the digital transformation architect is a central overseer who's able to kind of objectively weigh uh, the opinions of various stakeholders in the business. So we're talking about CISOs and CIOs, CEOs, and marketers, and developers, and just generally aligning uh, leadership across uh, the organization so that they can partake in these digital transformation activities. And if I'm looking to integrate someone like that into my organization, what level should they sit at? Typically, what we've seen is that to be successful, they are uh, reporting into the C-suite. Uh, in some cases, the CEO or the CIO or the CISO, but they are at sort of a fairly high level because Really, the goal here is to digitally transform as a business, not to transform a particular stovepipe within. And so what are some of the security implications of this? Well, that's a good question. The security implications are numerous. You can imagine an organization that is used to dealing with you know, physical customers where they kind of meet them face to face and transact that is now moving into the digital realm needs to make sure that they can trust that the people on the other side of the connection are who they expect them to be. Then we get into sort of this questions of authentication and how you deliver a great customer experience at the same time that you're trying to make sure that people are who they say they are and you're not going to fall, become victim to a fraud. But what are your recommendations if someone wants to proceed with this sort of thing? What's the best way within their organization to get in there and sell it? The first thing you need to do is recognize that it's really about culture and it's not about, you know, the particular technologies. You need to have meetings. You need to educate those internally what this is about, that the transformation is not about a particular technology, but it's about ensuring that the company or organization, could be a government for that matter, it is uh, set up to succeed going 
forward. And in order to do that, people need to be brought in. They need to be made part of the effort. Everyone needs to own digital transformation in their specific context. That's Jordan Blake from Behaviosec. Eurofins Scientific, a Luxembourg-based provider of food, environmental, and pharmaceutical testing, disclosed yesterday that it sustained a ransomware attack over the weekend. The infection has impeded some IT operations but appears to have been contained, so while the story is still young, it appears that Eurofins may have been better prepared than other recent ransomware victims, like, for example, the city of Baltimore. It seems increasingly unlikely that Eternal Blue was involved in the ransomware attack on Baltimore. Researchers at the security firm Armor obtained attack code samples and found no signs of Eternal Blue or other propagation mechanisms in what they told Krebs on Security was pretty much vanilla ransomware. The strain, as we've noted, is Robinhood, and no serious observer thought that Robinhood was in any way related to NSA. It remains possible that Eternal Blue was exploited to move Robinhood to unpatched servers, but that possibility appears to be relatively remote. The initial infection is generally believed to have come via phishing, and no one has disputed that Baltimore left its servers unpatched. Armour also has found communications from people claiming to be the attackers, but their responsibility can't be verified. They may be communications from the crooks, or they may simply be the work of taunters. The English is broken, but broken English can easily be part of a false flag. And besides, even pranksters sometimes have poor command of English. While we have your attention, could we interest you in taking a survey? You could win big prizes like a pen, stickers, notepad, or a pint glass. Maybe even an air-gapped Galaxy S4 with nothing on it whatsoever except potentially unwanted programs. It's conceptual art. We call it the persistence of pup. Street value somewhere north of a million. Ah, we're just kidding about the S4 and the million bucks and the art, but you might win that other stuff, even a swell card autographed by all of us here at the Cyberwire. Now you're probably asking yourself right now, Dave, why are you offering this chance to win big, big prizes? And the answer is to ask you to help us improve the quality, relevance, and overall value of the Cyberwire's content. We've put together a short audience survey that should take five minutes or less to complete. The survey is completely voluntary, anonymous, and confidential. Go to thecyberwire.com slash survey and fill it in if you can spare a moment. And no, we're not kidding. We would really like to hear from you. So go to thecyberwire.com slash survey and look for your chance to win some official Cyberwire swag. To return to the news, the likelihood of significant antitrust investigations of big tech is on the rise. According to the Wall Street Journal, the U.S. Department of Justice has been in conversations with the Federal Trade Commission to see who will take on the case of Apple, and justice is thought to have been given the first bite. Justice will also conduct any investigation of Google. The Federal Trade Commission is thought to have responsibility for Facebook and Amazon. Not to be left out of the picture, Congress will hold its own inquest. The House Judiciary Committee announced its intention to hold hearings on competition in digital markets, which can be expected to be relatively wide open. The prospect of antitrust action has hit the stock prices of leading tech firms, pushing the Nasdaq composite down 10% from its May highs. As the Washington Post points out, that's erection territory.
Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. And joining me once again is Emily Wilson. She is the VP of Research at Terbium Labs. Emily, always great to have you back. Um, you and I have been talking about uh, the fraud guide that you all recently published. This is Fraud Guides 101, Dark Web Lessons on How to Defraud Companies and Exploit Data. Um, there's some interesting details here in the guide that you wanted to share with us. There, uh, there were some interesting things that stood out to me on pricing and also on age. Uh, hmm. First on pricing... We knew these guides were cheap. These guides are widely available and they are uh, extremely inexpensive. And of course, again, as, as I always mention when I talk about the prices for dark web data, it's not as though people are spending their own money on this, mm. right? You hmm. know, even, if you, even if you're spending your own money in the beginning, you're going to have extreme returns. If you, if you buy one stolen payment card, you're going to pay for that payment card and however many more, 10 times over. Mm-hmm. So pricing for these... We got a combination of, of different kinds of guides. We got some that were listed individually, where you go and the, the vendor says, this is the guide you're purchasing, and you, and you buy that guide. We also purchased some collections or guide packs, which are um, exactly what they sound like, these collections of hundreds, thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of guides all bundled together, hmm. which it might surprise you, but they're not that much more expensive. And in some cases they're, they're cheaper than individual guides. Hmm. Overall, the price for these averaged out to less than $8 per guide. And that's just for the guides. That doesn't count all of the supporting materials and bonus items that vendors include. Uh, Supporting materials would be things like fonts or images or templates, software that they include alongside it, because these aren't just, Guides. It's also everything, in most cases, everything that you need to execute on the scheme. Everything except the data, which you would need to go buy separately. So when we include all of those supporting files and, and all the guides and everything that we got out of this in the end, uh, it averaged out to less than a penny per file. Hmm. Wow. Now, another thing that you all tracked here was uh, the age of these files themselves. What did you find there? I had a suspicion that these guides were not as up-to-date as the vendors might lead us to believe. Everyone says new, updated, fresh, working, recent, 2019, you know, all of these buzzwords that you have for marketing on the dark web markets. In reality, most of the guides are a little bit older than that. We found just 5% of the files are from the last two years, or from 2018 and 2019. 
And more than a quarter of the guides are a decade old. Hmm. Some of that has to do with, the, interestingly, there was a spike of files dating back to 1994, all of which turned out to be copies of the Anarchist Cookbook. Yeah, of course. A right. dark web favorite. <laughs> that old chestnut. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. One of the things that strikes me here is just the, the breadth of information that's being shared here. It's everything from, you know, little side street hustles to uh, more sophisticated uh, fraud plans. Sophisticated is an interesting word to use there because <laughs> we, you know, I, I've seen all different kinds of materials over the years that I've been doing this. And uh, I definitely saw that same range in what we obtained for this for this research project. So we have guides that are quite literally three line text files. You know, it's it's the question is how to you know, how to do whatever type of crime. And the guide simply says, Google it. I, you know, I, I love, I, you have to respect the grift at that right. point. Yeah. If you're out there buying a guy, if you're out there selling a guy uh, on how to commit a crime, and mm-hmm. the answer is Google how to commit this crime. <laughs> right. Just, you know, a little bit of respect for that. Okay. All the way to the, the other end, the other extreme, where we're talking about 40 or 50 page formatted, highly detailed, highly researched materials. I'm thinking in particular, there was a guide on how to dox, how to go out and do these these doxes, these detailed targeted leaks of information mm-hmm. um, that included, you know, I won't get into too many details, but included a lot of information about sourcing, a lot of information about breadth and depth and where to leak information. There really isn't a ton of unique information. You have people piecing together different collections and different guides over time. You have some people who are genuinely selling their own unique methods, but in most cases, you know, Fraudsters are are lazy. They're just like us. They're taking the easy way out. Mm. All right. The name of the report is Fraud Guides 101, Dark Web Lessons on How to Defraud Companies and Exploit Data. It is from Terbium Labs. Emily Wilson, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for Cyberwire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow.
listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K CyberWire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey and share your feedback now. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Cyberwire. 